When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another Steelers preview podcast. We are getting you ready for the playoffs. That is right. Haven't said that in a couple years, but it is playoff time and it's all we're going to be talking about today. I'm Jeff Hartman. Joining me as always on the Steelers preview, Dave Schofield and Brian Davis. Dave, what's up? Hey, we are talking about postseason football involving the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can't really get much better than that, can it? No, it's tough. Brian, what's up? So glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, a lot, there was a point that we didn't think we were going to be here with talking about the Steelers and even talking about the Bills in the playoffs, for that matter. And now the Bills are a number two seed, and the Steelers are here with a quarterback that, you know, at the beginning of the season, you didn't think would be leading the Steelers to the playoffs. So, wow, they, this is just phenomenal stuff. Icing on the cake. I mean, there was a time where, like you said, Brian, no one thought that they were going to be here. I mean, you lose to Indianapolis, which caps off a three-game losing skid. No one would have thought that you win the final three. No one would have thought you get the help necessary. Yet here we are preparing for the Buffalo Bills in maybe, maybe Orchard Park, New York. Let's talk about those rumors first. There are some rumors that are making their ways around social media, mainly Twitter, that if there was a state of emergency for the state of New York, especially the western part of the state, that there the game could be moved to Cleveland. I mean, think about how bad the weather has to be that they want to move you to Cleveland, like of all places. But still, Dave, what do you think about these rumors? I'm sorry, you say that, and I just I just think of the um, the, the 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 Cleveland promo from the What Yin's Talking About show, which is <laughs> I think just still phenomenal. Yeah, uh, I. The fact that there was also a report that no one within the Steelers is saying that the NFL was approaching them about this, you would think you would at least need to give the team a heads up if that's going to happen. So I have a feeling that they're not really looking at that. But if it's something that they really need to do, then it's something they should do. Yeah. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely happened before. That's uh, that's something that – you know, we, we've seen it happen before. There was a threat of it last year, but that was a completely different situation with the DeMar Hamlin situation that where it could be a, on a neutral site. I think right now I'm going to follow Dave's lead and just say, I think it's poppycock. If the Steelers are claiming to have heard nothing about this, then this is the uh, brainchild of somebody hiding behind his keyboard going, ha this will fire him up. Maybe, maybe. I mean, but you think about it, if this were to happen, I would feel like Buffalo would need more of a, a heads up than Pittsburgh would. I mean, because I feel like the Steelers, I mean, they're not far from Cleveland anyways. They make that trip every year, and the Steelers fan base is not really expected to have to try and up and move. This is going to be interesting. I agree with you guys, though. I don't think there's any truth to this. 
nonetheless, it's be it's out there, so we're going to talk about it. That well, basically is where we are. There and here's is. what's crazy. I don't think Cleveland would have been their first choice because normally you would have the availability to go to a place and play inside. Not all that far either is Detroit. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're but they're actually playing a home a home playoff game, so you can't do that. That is correct. I mean, if you're going to go all the way to Detroit, I guess if you're flying, you could go to Minnesota, but they're not using the stadium. No, well, but, they're they're also thinking about the fans. Yeah, man, having them having them, it's going to be tough for the fans. If it's that bad for the fans to get to Orchard Park, it's also going to be bad to Cleveland. Have you guys ever been like through or close to Orchard Park? That that's it's no. so yeah. far outside of Buffalo. It's not. It's it's crazy. I've driven what past the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it like thirty minutes outside of Buffalo? It's good ways. Yeah, it's it's out there. Brian, any final thoughts on this? Yeah, I I think this. I really think that this is the brainchild of somebody because bringing up Cleveland, you know, just that would be you know something just to uh, irk both fan bases probably. And I don't think that's far enough, you know, out of the. Uh, out of the weather problem because they're both you're talking about Lake Erie and you're talking about Buffalo and Cleveland being so close. I, I just really don't think that this, I think this is just a hoax. Yeah. So uh, Shannon white joins the show and says, my questions for Jeff, who do you think will win this game? Let me guess your answer. Well, you'll have to wait. I'm going to give my prediction, but you have to wait. We, we will show you five five bucks. Yeah. That's a free yay, super right? chat. There's only uh, there's only one real fan on this show. We know that. Okay, we'll say that right right out of the gate. Which weather? Let's assume it stays in Buffalo or Orchard Park, whatever. Which which weather do you think is worse? What they're calling for in Buffalo, which the chance of lake effects, no high winds, still going to be cold, or Kansas City, where at kickoff, 8 p.m. Eastern time, they're calling for single digit temperatures with wind gusts of upwards of 30 miles an hour and minus 20 degree wind chills. Which do you think is worse? Not for the not for the fans. Fans are going to be nuts to sit in that no matter what. But the players, Dave, which which do you think is worse? The higher the winds, the worse it is. Okay. So if you're talking, I mean, there's they're talking with Buffalo to sustained winds of 30 miles per hour with gusts of 50. So if you're just talking gusts of 30 in Kansas City, yeah, that's going to stink to be that cold. But if you're actually talking about trying to play the football game. The higher the winds, the more it changes everything. What about you, Brian? Which is worse? Um, I'm actually thinking that uh, Buffalo is probably worse, but they're more used to it. But when you said Kansas City, you just sparked something in me. And yeah. I don't think uh, this has not been brought up through this whole thing with that last debate that we just had. Back in 2017, when it was the 2016 season, the playoffs, the Pittsburgh Steelers it. went to Kansas City. They moved it they from moved the it. afternoon right. to evening. Yeah. They moved the time. So they're not moving location. They're they're just probably yeah. uh, moving it to the evening or something like that. They, that's so even more of a hoax. Well, but when they did that back then, there was only four games in the, in the weekend rather than six. And therefore, there was no Sunday night game. It was Saturday 4.30, Saturday night, Sunday 1, Sunday 4.30. There was an open spot with no other game going on that evening. To me, that's the difference. That's why I don't think they'll move the time, just because I don't think they'll overlap the games. Oh, they'll, yeah, they'll that overlap the, games. That was the first night game. The night That's the first night playoff game, I think, in NFL history, if I do recall. And that kind of is what... Sunday night. Ever, 
the Sunday night. Yeah. yeah. But that was the first time they were like, Oh, well we can do this. Let's just keep doing it. And they just continued to yeah. roll with the night games. Honestly, after that. that the ratings from that game is what opened up the whole idea of going to seven right. playoff teams and using those prime time spots, which yeah. I still think they should go Saturday at one rather than Monday at eight, at eight 15. But yeah. So, all right, we'll see Weather is going to be playing a factor in a lot of these games. Pittsburgh's definitely going to be there, but I think what else is going to be playing a factor is the injuries. Both for both teams, teams that might be trending in the right direction and those trending in the wrong direction. Dave, let's get to the injury report right away. Like, I was with you, Dave. You said this on your Stat Geek podcast this morning. You said, Yeah, I know. No one really wants to talk about last week. Like, I really don't. I want to just look at, let's yeah. just focus on this playoff game. So let's go to the injury report and let's look at the Steelers first. Yeah. And, and, and the only thing from last week you want to talk about is the excitement of being in, not even everything else. So let, let's get to this. Steelers injury report now. Remember, we're back to a normal Sunday game, so we're back to a normal week, so we don't have the 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 final injury status. It's we got to wait for tomorrow. Steelers had about as good as you could have. There was TJ Watt didn't practice because he's already been ruled out. That's as good as you could expect going in. One player was limited, and it was Cam Hayward with no injury, just designated as resting. We had Isaac Saramalu back as full. Landon Roberts was upgraded to full. Minka Fitzpatrick, his second full practice in a row. And Najee Harris was back as full. Dang. Like, that's, that's, I, I saw that today and I was like, man, that is, I hate to say it, but that's about as healthy as you can get for uh, the 18th game of the season, right? I mean, that's pretty incredible. Aside from TJ Watt. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like you said, we knew he was out. And yes. by the way, in case anyone didn't know that, Trenton Thompson got moved to IR to allow DeMonte KZ to come back on the roster off the suspension list. But Brian, when you see the injury report for the Steelers, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's crisp and clean. No caffeine looking pretty good. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, there's not much to talk about it, which is fantastic. Dave, same, same thoughts, same sentiment. Yeah. I mean, what even with Sam Alu and Harris not practicing yesterday, that did not set off anything for me because that's what they've been doing. Yeah. So now I will also say both of these practices this week. Now the bills, they did not practice yesterday. They just had a walkthrough because remember the Steelers have an extra day to get ready for this. They didn't know they were right. playing, but they have an extra day to recover Steelers. The last two days have practiced at Acrisure stadium because they want to practice outside, but the fields at the UPMC Rooney sports complex have not been up to what they want safety wise proper there so they want to be outside so the best place to do it they've been they've been practicing at Acrisure. so in other words they're not minkified at that point where we don't want to have our yeah our all pro safety get injured which hey it was interesting dave you said this and so did your brother rich that you all thought that minka would have played last week if the turf would have been better minka kind yeah. of cooperated that and said i was i was ready to play last week and then they held me out so there was probably some truth to that for sure um, but let's go to Buffalo's side because this gets a little dicey. Yeah, we, we need we need to save time for that one because <laughs> of everything there. Now, I, I'm not going to reference back to Wednesday because, like I said, Wednesday was a walkthrough. So I'll just give you everything from Thursday. Um, some of them are resting, but here, I'll, I'll, I'll let you hear it. Quarterback Josh Allen, neck full. That's one of those things that they probably are listing him with something just in case something happens during the game, they can say, oh, he's a, you know, well, it's not like we didn't list it. You know, right. you don't want another Joe Burrow uh, situation like when he went down. 
Tackled Deion Dawkins, hand, didn't practice. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, knee, didn't practice. Linebacker Tyrell Dodson, shoulder, didn't practice. Cornerback Rasul Douglas, knee, didn't practice. Defensive end Leonard Floyd, resting, full. Uh, running back Ty Johnson, concussion, limited. Uh, safety, DeMar Hamlin, shoulder, full. Safety, Micah Hyde, neck, full. Linebacker Von Miller, resting, Full safety Taylor Rapp cap did not practice. Wide receiver Deontay Hardy personal didn't practice, and tight end Dawson Knox illness didn't practice. Man, that's a lot. It's a laundry list, Brian. What do you think? Yeah. Anytime I hear uh, illness or personal, don't worry about it. But there's some big names on there, and I was watching the game against Miami, like as we all were. And I was noticing that, wow, they're uh, they're going all out to try to win this game and get that number two seed, but they're taking a beating. So there is uh, there were a lot of losses of personnel in that win. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that list, obviously Gabe Davis is the name that most people will recognize. Um, what was interesting, though, is that the tackle, I can't remember his name, who has a Deion hand Dawkins. injury. Deion Dawkins. So he was actually a player, walker. actually. What'd you say? Sorry. No, he's done he's done well with their cornhole um celebrity oh, okay. professional things they've done before. Sorry. Nice. So he actually on on uh Wednesday, and I know it was a walkthrough, but he was actually listed as limited, and then he doesn't practice at all in their first actual practice. That's interesting to me based on their tackle. Their offensive line has been hit or miss this year, anyways. Now well, I know it's a walkthrough, and that's yeah. take that but with think a about it, it's your hand. Wouldn't you be a little bit more likely to be able to walk through and participate versus if you're going a full practice, you might not be able to participate at all. That's all I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. Any Dave, anything come to come to you when you look at that injury injury list? Um, um, Russell Douglas, he's a starting corner, isn't he? Yes. Um, uh, Let's see. uh, Taylor Taylor Rapp. That's another important one, isn't it? So he had a big a play. Of, I, I think he ended the game on two second, two consecutive plays against Miami. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some interesting ones to to watch there with those. So, uh, um, I, I, I'm, some of them I'm not as sure about. But, yeah, I don't know that, that they have all their question marks answered for, for Sunday. I have something to ask you all that has, could end up with a, a roster decision. We'll put it that way. Anyone else find it interesting that Brad Wing was signed to the practice squad, the punter? Did did that register with anyone else? I saw that I was like, really? Like you're you're gonna add a punter now in the postseason, unless there's a pre-existing injury with Presley Harvin. This doesn't make sense. Dave, what would you what did you think when you saw that? Yeah, I said unless unless Presley Harvin ends up on the injury report, um, then that makes it a different reason. To me, I think it's the whole idea of saying, Hey, big press get it done this week, or we've got a guy who held for Boswell sitting right yeah. behind you. I don't, I mean, if you have to use one practice squad spot to inspire your punter to punt a little bit better in the playoffs, it's sad you would have to do it, but if you're able to do it, why not? I mean, I, I'd be really surprised because I think you're now that you can, now that players that were have been elevated three times can be elevated unlimited in the playoffs. That was, um, it was um Tom. Is it Pelissero or Pelissero? Pelissero. 
Okay. He he had a tweet out that 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 had a bunch of rules listed in there. That's the only place that I saw that I could find anywhere that said that that rule was still in place for 2023. That like Miles Jack and Eric Rowe can be elevated, even though they've already had three for the regular season. So if you're going to use your two for those two guys, then you're not going to use it on your punter. Right. The only thing the only thing would be is if one of those guys gets bumped to the 53. Brian, did that uh? raise any antennas with you with Brad Wing being signed to the practice squad? Absolutely. And the first thing that I thought of was, is this weather related? Is he, and I don't know this, this could be the conspiracy fan in me, but has he done very well in weather? And he played in Pittsburgh for a few years, then played with the New York Giants. He's an Australian punter. For some reason, they went through a little stretch where they had to go down under to get their pantas. But um, I, I'm just thinking, <laughs> I, I don't know what I was doing there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I, I enjoyed that one. But now I I think that this is, uh, to quote Huey Lewis in the News from their second album, Picture This, I think it's Trouble in Paradise. And I'm actually going to say that the, this uh, might be a game time decision. It might, it could be like Dave said, it could be gameplay, but at this point with, this is a third year punter. Do we really need to get into his head and try to inspire him by having somebody in the shadows and have him hearing footsteps? Now this might be like, Hey, this is the playoffs. It, game time's over. If he looks good, let's just, let's just make that move. Yeah. It'll be interesting. But, but, I just think good. about it. When did we see the best out of big press? There's two things to think about. One is when someone else was there pushing him. Yeah. When he was pushed, like the apparently in, in training camp, that's the best anyone's ever, not anyone, maybe, maybe college, I don't know, but in his pro career that he has looked punting the football because he had legitimate competition. But the other thing to talk about during training camp is Harvin does not punt well in bad weather. And if that's the case, then Pittsburgh's probably not the right place for him. No. And even what, but even when you look, Dave, when you did the whole podcast last off season about how his splits home and away. So it wasn't just that he doesn't punt well in bad weather. He just sucked everywhere other than Akershire stadium, which is really Mm -hmm. odd. It does is it reeks of a lack of consistency, which is what I've bemoaned about this punting situation going all the way back to weasel boy, Jordan Berry. So there you go. All right. Well, uh, I see, I've on. never liked Wing because I sat there and watched him shank a potamus a punt yep. away that will allow Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay to come back and Mike Glennon to win that game. Yes. Well, I, right. I guess the Steelers might be going on a wing and a prayer. Here we or go. Or other one's better. <laughs> Prince of Fun is back. Um, I don't know. Is Daniel Sepulveda still healthy? Like, let's call him up. I mean, is the ACL intact? Let's see if you can boom a few punts. That's what they need. So, all right, enough punter talk. Let's talk about this upcoming game from an X's and O's standpoint. No TJ Watt's going to be difficult. We know that. And and I don't think, you know, some of these fans, not Steeler fans, other fans, if you follow on social media, they're like, oh, they're nothing without TJ Watt. No, we know the record. Steeler fans understand that it's a tall task. But to me, getting KZ and Minka Fitzpatrick back in the secondary and you also throw in Eric Rowe playing well enough that they put Trenton Thompson on injured reserve to create that roster spot. It gives them options. Now, I also agree with Mike Tomlin. I think he said this on Tuesday or alluded to it, that the Steelers are better equipped now than they ever have been for a TJ Watt injury. Now, I think Josh Allen can be confused. He can be befuddled. And I think they might have to think of some stuff. Dave, 
before we do this, uh, or Brian, do we know if is Minka still dealing with that hand injury? Remember, he broke his hand. I didn't know if he's still going to be clubbed up. I mean, he's got it all wrapped up in that hard cast. Like I, I haven't seen That's anything. That's a good question. But because remember, everyone's talking about the knee. It was the hamstring prior. It was when he came back, he broke his hand. They're like, oh, it was the way it was the Arizona game with the weather delay. They were able to cast it up. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's that, that's tell because if he still has that club, I think you limit what he can do. He's going to be in the box. I mean, can't the guy can't catch the ball with a club in hand. But, anyways, Dave, what would you do with Minka Fitzpatrick and the safeties that they have to maybe, I don't know, give something Josh Allen's never seen before? Well, if the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, I think that frees up Minka Fitzpatrick to – I'd just send him a whole bunch. Yeah, Honestly, if, if, if they're not the going to be able to throw it. Keep him in the you box, know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, keep keep him up there and in there and, and involved and close to the play just because, uh, to me, it's not even about if he still has the club or not. To me, it's more about the wind. The, the wind is going to be the number one determining factor in this game. And you've got to, bottom line is, is whichever team can adapt and game plan to the win is going to have a significant advantage in this team, in this game. Brian, let me ask you a little bit different question. If you want to chime in on what that was, it's, it's kind of ties in. Do you think that Josh Allen is the type of quarterback the Steelers should spy? You always used to hear that term when he played Michael Vick. Like someone's got to spy Michael Vick. Where Michael Vick goes, this guy's going to follow no matter what. Do you think that he's that type of quarterback with his ability to run the ball? Yeah, he, what, 14 rushing touchdowns this year? I will say this, uh, before you even asked me that question, when you were going to ask me about Josh Allen, I was going to say that I am more worried about him right now um, on the fly, trying to improvise and running the football. And I was talking about this when they were getting ready to play Miami. I think if Miami was healthy, Miami blows the doors off this team. I don't think they were healthy. They were not at, at full strength. Um And one of the things I was saying about Josh Allen is their biggest offensive threat the last six weeks of the season was him scoring touchdowns on the ground, which means they do not have that big strike that they had in 2022. And they they have a little bit of it. They have the potential, especially with uh, Stefan Diggs. You you know that. You know they can dial up that big strike, but it has not been as successful in 2023 so yes i absolutely want to spy on him now if we can go back to the minka thing december 3rd on game day will be six weeks so i think that's plenty of time for a hand to heal that you're not going to be needing the club and from what i understand i don't think he's been seen with one in practice that's what they're saying in the live chat i trust our listeners and our viewers and they said that in, in practice, probably from images and video that's been released, he doesn't have the club on. So that's a good thing. I think Minka, based on what they're going to need, and Dave, you brought it you brought it up. I mean, they're not going to be able to throw the ball as efficiently as they would if it wasn't as windy and cold. This is a game where I think Minka Fitzpatrick's in the box a lot. He's helping in run support. And I think that just in, increases the odds that this is a very low-scoring affair and it's going to be interesting to see. I just I just think people hate Ter- Terrell Austin sometimes, and you'll hear a, a faction of the, the fan base kind of say, what is this guy doing? But he does manipulate the secondary well. And so now that he has more pieces of the puzzle there, and you could put Patrick Peterson in a corner or flex him around, Eric Rowe, you can flex him around, Chandon Sullivan has been used sparingly, and then obviously you have Levi Wallace and Joey Porter. 
think they're going to do something that maybe even we as fans haven't seen before. It's going to try and confuse Josh Allen. Dave, did you want to say something? Yeah, there's one more thing that uh, another variable to the equation of, you know, putting Minka in the box and everything. If there's no Gabe Davis, I think right. that's going to make a, a, a big difference if he doesn't play. Because uh, I don't even want to read his stat line from last year's game. Well, not only that, it's it, he hasn't had a great year this year. He had a great year last year. I think he had close to a thousand yards receiving. He didn't get over or to a thousand, but it's just the threat of a big play that's yeah. there. It's think think about Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. You take one of them away. Now, all of a sudden, all the attention can go to that other receiver. So this is going to be really interesting. I I swear, the more I think about Hill this Waddle, game, that was that was we saw that Sunday. Yeah. Night. The 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 more I think about this game, the more I think it is is closer to even than people think, re- regardless of what the spread says. So I'll tell you what, we are going to take a quick break. And if you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we're not going anywhere. But on the audio side, we'll be right back after this break. We're going to talk over under game predictions and a whole lot of Steelers trivia. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. It is time for the second half of the Steelers preview podcast, which means it is time for sometimes my favorite game, sometimes my least favorite game, which is called the over-under. Are we scratching regular season records and starting fresh like the of Steelers and all this? Of course you guys want to do that. <laughs> of course you do. I mean, we, nope, can, I don't honestly, care. we can keep two different totals if we want to. Nah, let her ride. We can let her. Yeah, let her Because I, I didn't say it you know, in the post-game show or anything, but I told you guys before the post-game show, you know, you're you're staring at perfection right now because uh, I actually got all five of them last week. Now, of the ones that count, I did not pick the, uh, all three of us missed the over-under of the score because we all went over and that was a big fat under um, yeah. based on the rain and everything. But at the time we were picking it, we thought it was going to be snow. Right. And as we've talked about, snow is better than rain. My brother and I talked about it on Tuesday night. So I want to ask you guys that question real quick. Snow versus rain to play football with. What's better to play in? I would say snow. It also depends uh, on the surface, though, too. Yeah. Because if you're on if you're on turf, um, turf can get really slick in the snow, and it's 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 a little different. Uh, grass surface definitely. I would say, I would probably say grass. It would be snow. But then you think about handling the football. Catching the football, that's tough. I'd say snow, though. Brian, what do you think? Last week, when I, in defense of Mason Rudolph, I was talking about how I would rather play in snow than in rain. So I'm going with snow, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I, All right. I'd rather play in snow than rain, especially cold rain. It's like, why is it? Why even bother? It should just be snow. So, sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. So what are the, what are the totals? All right, so last week I was perfect. I was five for five. You each went two for five, so I increased my lead. Uh, I'm sitting with 41 points overall. Second is Jeff with 35, and Brian right behind him with 34. Ooh, interesting. Okay. So how many do you have for this week, Jeff? Six. It's a race for second place. um, Six is good because that means you could catch me if we have all our opposite picks. But Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But Are what's you, even better is that you could catch me over the next several weeks because the Steelers yes, continue to play. That is true. Are you all ready? Let's start this over under. We are going no individual stat lines here. 
Everything is team-based for the entire over-under. All right, so let's start off with Pittsburgh Steelers rushing yards. Over-under, 150.5, 150.5. Brian, we'll get started with you. Going to go with the under here. All right. I just don't expect them to. I expect them to do well, but I still think 150 is a very good mark for a team. So I, I think they're going to they're going to be uh, if they win, it's going to be because of their success on the ground. But does not mean that it has to be over 150. I think uh, 150 is actually one of your highest that you go ahead and put out every year. And that's the uh, every week. And that's the uh, rushing yards. Dave over under. Oh, I am going over on this big time. If you remember the last time there was this kind of wins in a game in Buffalo, that was against the uh, New England Patriots where they passed the ball twice the entire game. So I think there's just going to be – I'm not saying it's going to be a great average. I just think there's going to be a whole lot of rushing attempts. So, therefore, I'm thinking it's going to go over. The Buffalo Bills defense is not bad. I want to get that out of the way right now. But if there is a weak link, I think it is in their run defense. And I think that the Steelers' offensive line is they're moving bodies. They're doing a good job getting pushed. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over here, mainly because I think they have to hit the over if they want to win this game. Now let's go to the flip side, the Buffalo Bills rushing yards. Again, total team rushing. I've got that line set at 130.5. Brian, over, under. Over. All they, right, they've Dave. been running the ball really well, and Josh Allen is going to do it himself, give you about 20 or 30 himself. Okay. Dave? Okay, one 130. Now, the Bills have won five straight games. Yes. How many times have they rushed for 130 yards in those five games? I'm going to say that only one of them against Dallas. Wasn't that a game they rushed for over that? They rushed for 266 yeah, yards. I was going to say, because Josh Allen threw for like 97 yards in that game. He didn't need Eclipse 100. So yes. is that the only one? That's the only one. The okay. last couple of weeks have been 127, 128, so right around it. But so, so Brian, you said over. I think I'm going to have to go over too, just because I think we're going to see more rushing attempts from the Bills than you typically would in their offense because of the wind. Now, if this game gets moved or the weather forecast calms the crap down and gives us some real football conditions, then it's going to be a whole different story. So I just have to base on the information we have now. I'm going to go uh, again with Josh Allen. He's the, he's the wild card here. I don't think the Steelers are going to allow any of their running backs to get to, to go off. No, so to speak, Josh Allen scrambling does scare me. I'm going to go with you over as well. Well, next let's go Steelers turnovers, turning the ball over. We'll set that line at one and a half, Brian over under. I'm going to go under. They've been holding onto the ball well. No, don't say that to Jalen Warren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, you that, said under, Dave. True. What about you? Yeah. La- well, I mean, last week in, in the monsoon, it was bad. And they hopefully learned something from it. If the Steelers are going to win this game, it's got to be under. I don't see how they could have multiple turnovers. Um, if they do, then, then we're going to probably be – talking Sunday afternoon and next Thursday night is some pretty disappointed fellas. Um, if, if they do that, so I'm going to say under because bottom line, they have to, I, I agree. I'm going to go under if they turn it over. I think it'll only be once. Hopefully it's zero. And the next one is the same line for the Buffalo bills. 
Same same thing. Buffalo Bills team turnovers. Brian, one and a half is the line. You taking the over or under? I'm going to take the over here. I really think that uh, Josh Allen has a few interceptions in him, so I think there's two there. All right, Dave. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go over as well. Uh, don't know if it'll be all the interceptions just because of how often they'll throw the ball. But uh, once again, if if the Steelers are going to – the best thing they can do to win this game is to win the turnover battle. Battle. There, I got it. Right. There you go. I'm, I'm going to go under. I think that there's less likelihood. If, if they throw the ball, then there's a chance that they go over, but I don't think they throw it as much. So I'm actually going to go under. I think Buffalo turns it over one time as well. And now right. when it comes to the Steelers turning it over, I just want to say real quick, the biggest thing that, that I fear – is the strip sack. Buffalo has really gotten after the quarterback this year. They have more sacks than the Steelers. So that's, to me, that's the most concerning of them all. Right. Okay, let's go with the next one. Pittsburgh Steelers passing yards. I've got that line. And again, I, I just didn't know where to put this thing based on the, the weather conditions. I even look back at week 18, those different weather conditions. I went with 135 and a half, thinking that the wind's going to wreak some serious havoc on the passing attack. So, Brian, you taking the over or the under? Absolutely the over, especially if they're behind. They're going to have to throw the football. All right, Dave. I'm going over, but I think you're looking at three-quarters of those yards being yak. I think you're looking at okay. dump-off passes, passes to the running backs. To, to me, I wouldn't try to run the edge in this game. I would run the middle, and I would short pass the edge based on the wind and just everything and, and you know get rather than ask Najee Harris to beat the guy to the corner we've seen that's not worked but if you can get him out there in some space you know throwing the ball to him behind the line of scrimmage Mason Rudolph showed last weekend that he can he can muscle the ball through bad weather on short passes my goodness he did it one time with Kyle Van Noyden hanging on his arm yeah. so that to me I think if they hit those passing yards it's going to be a lot of short passes to, I mean, I mean, even if they use short passes to the to the wide receivers, I think it's going to be that they need to get some yak with that. I I I'm going to go over as well, uh, but not by much. But yeah. not by much. I that think was a hard one be, because it's not right. going to be a lot. Ground and pound, but I got the over. The last one, which is going to be interesting, and I added this right before the show started. Missed kicks. Okay, so this is any kick, extra point, field goal attempt, doesn't matter. A missed kick. I've got the line at one and a half. Brian, over, under, missed kicks. That wind is going to be absolutely crazy. I don't care how good Boswell and Bass are. I've got to go with the over. Okay, Dave? I'm going to go with the under because I think they're going to be very, very thoughtful both teams in when they choose to kick it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go under. I think you might see a lot of conversion attempts if the wind's really howling, because they might say we'll take our chances of getting two compared to trying to kick a field goal, even as, as short as an extra point. So there you go. That's the over under game. We will see how those pan out. A lot of those could lead to victory or defeat for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we shall see. Okay, the line that I have in front of me, I know that some books have adjusted this down to nine and a half. I've seen as low as nine. I've seen as high as ten and a half. But when I looked, it was ten. 
and the oh. and the total is in the Buffalo Bills obviously giving ten with a total at thirty six. Thirty six. So, what are we thinking for predictions, Brian? We'll start with you. It's hard for me to uh, pick the Steelers in this game. After watching Buffalo play last week, they play with reckless abandon. They don't care. This is going to be one of those uh, games where when you get away with stopping them on third down, you still got to stop them on fourth down because they will be going for it a whole heck of a lot. And Josh Allen's a lot harder to stop in those situations than a lot of other players. So I know the Steelers do well with fourth and short, but this scares me in this game. I do not, man, if, if I'm betting in Vegas on this, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the Steelers and the points. But when in reality on the scoreboard, which what counts the most, I think it's going to be Buffalo 24 Pittsburgh 18. What was that score again, Brian? 24 to 18, 24 to 18. Okay. And that's an over. It is. It is. All right, Dave, your prediction. What is it? All right. I said this on the Scobro show because I I don't give my prediction there. Rich does. Everyone does at the end of the show. I bring them all up. I missed a couple that were at the very, very end of the show last week. I apologize for that. But I said there, I said, you know what? I'm I'm enjoying this and having so much fun. I'm going to pick the Steelers because why not? You're in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Can the Steelers win this game? Absolutely, they can win this game. The only question is, will they? So to me, because it's the playoffs, I'm going to, if I'm running 100 scenarios in my head, and even if I can only get 25 of them that the Steelers win, I'm going to roll with those 25. That's what I'm going to do. That's the way it is. So I think it's going to be a little bit more scoring than what people realize, but I think it's going to be because the teams are going to have success running the football, and with the short passing game. So I have the Pittsburgh Steelers 24, the Buffalo Bills 20. Wow. So you're a hard over as, uh, hard over as well in, in your yeah. total. So that's interesting. So I see this game a little bit different. Now, I am the only true Steeler fan on this panel, so bear with me here. But I do like the Steelers to win. I know that's the shock of the century. I think this is going to be a really close game. And I see this being more of the, with the gusts of wind, I do not see it being a high-scoring game. I think this is a, a game that does set up well for Pittsburgh. It equals the playing field, levels it a little bit if, if you think that it was slanted one way. And if it does involve the short passing game, if Gabe Davis isn't playing, I like the Steelers' skill set in that regard better than the Buffalo Bills. Stefan Diggs is fantastic, but if you can't throw it down the field, it's going to limit what he can do. I think the Steelers win this game, and I actually think it's a missed kick that actually sends them to the divisional round in a trip to M&T Bank Stadium to play the Ravens. I've got mm-hmm. Steelers 17, Buffalo Bills 16. So I think this is a situation where they might even score a touchdown and that you think it's going to be a game-tying score and a missed extra point might be it because of the win, because who knows what else is going to be happening there. I think this could be a wild one. I don't think it's going to be high scoring, and that's why I've got the under. So I've got 17-16 Steelers. I mean, bottom line is, I think we – notice we all have – I have the biggest margin of victory for either team. No, Brian does. He has six points. I have four points. Jeff has one point. Yeah. 
what's going to be important for both teams in this in this situation is you must keep the game close. Right. It's a game. If one team goes up multiple scores, you're going to have some problems when if you're dealing with this crazy wind that they say they were going to be dealing with. So both teams are, I think, are going to be keep it close. Can't let it get out of hand. See what happens. I mean, you think about the last three Steelers playoff games. They've surrendered over 40 points in each. And a lot of those got out of hand real quick. Cleveland, 2020. Jacksonville, 2017. Kansas City really didn't. They really did. No, that's where the offense crapped the bed for so long. Well, TJ Watt scored the touchdown. Yeah, and the Steelers did. The Steelers defense did what no other team had done. I keep saying this. No other team all season had held the Chiefs scoreless for five straight drives. And the Steelers did that to start the game. And yeah. all they held was a 7 nothing lead where the defense scored seven points. Right. And that's why they lost that game. We will see how this goes. Let's get to some trivia. Brian, do you have some? Yes, I do. I have uh, one of my typical ones where it's going to go ahead and go back in time a little bit. So, Jeff, you can sit back. But right. uh, And then, then we're going to have a little bit of uh, – a little bit of more recent stuff. So we're going to go back to uh, the number eight sacker in Pittsburgh Steeler history played for both the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was drafted by the Steelers or I don't know. Actually, I don't know if he was drafted by the Steelers, but he's originally a Steeler for many a year, got all those sacks for the Steelers and ended up with Buffalo at the end of his career. Number eight on the list. Who is he? Oh. 59 so, sacks. Okay, so the, I, you got to say this. It's got to be since the 80s because of when stats became official, correct? Yes. Now, if you look at if you look at the one with the sacks with Joe Green and those guys before this change, this guy oh, wow. this guy is number 8 with Joe Green and those guys included. He oh, is okay. since the 80s, but he would be number six if it was. With if you took those other guys out, he'd be even, even higher for the Steelers? Yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Jeff. You know this. You know who it is. I wasn't listening. Oh, you can't say you weren't <laughs> listening. Come on. Seattle has, that Seattle hurts has me, two Jeff. losses. Oh, they have two Jefferson losses and they Hartman. need a new coach. Jefferson Bartholomew Hardman. Um, I'm I I know I think I know this. We're it's a defensive lineman, isn't it, Brian? Yes. One of my favorites. And he wore he he, I'm, I'm helping you, Jeff. I'm trying to I'm trying to to set it up for you. He wore number ninety three, didn't he? What you talking about, Jeff? Come on, Jeff. Uh, John Funkner says Keith Willis. That's correct. What, what you talking about, Willis? Keith Willis what was you great for Willis? that yeah. team. Wow. So, yeah, he ended up in 1992 um, with Buffalo. So he did not make it to the Bill Cowher era, but was great under Chuck Knoll. Now, in the Mike He's Tomlin the era. That, I, that was really, really good that I could remember that they went to Buffalo. Yep. I'm not saying. In the mean, Mike, yeah. In the Mike Tomlin era, seven draft picks ended up in Buffalo after their time in Pittsburgh. These guys were drafted in the Mike Tomlin era. Who were they? 
Jeff knows one of them. I do. Come on, Tyler Medicaid. Oh, Thirty red from Temple. Yeah. Yep. Okay. End up in seven. Oh, jeez. One's a Pro Bowler that uh, was not exactly a Pro Bowler in Pittsburgh. Oh, that would have been um um. Oh no, he wasn't a Pro Bowler. But I got another one. I'm thinking of offensive lineman. It was it was Urbic, right? It's Urbic. That's number two. Because he never. Yeah, because he never played. He never actually played for the Steelers. Isn't he the one that got beat out by Ramon Foster? Yeah. Okay. Jeff, I'll give so, you a hint on one of them, not the Pro Bowler. Dave, think about the Pro Bowler. Okay. Think, think of the movie Old School. And a nickname. Oh, Frank for... the Tank. Frank Summers? Frank Summers, yeah. UNLV. I almost said Frank mm. Webb. <laughs> I thought we'd been awesome. Um, <laughs> come on, so Dave. There, so that's three. Right, you got to know the Pro Bowler. Uh, I I kind of thought he was hands stone in Pittsburgh, and then he went on to be a Pro Bowler elsewhere. Um, but he was a Pro Bowler with Buffalo. Uh, I don't know if he was a Pro Bowler in Buffalo. I don't think he was, but he was a Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl winner somewhere else. Oh, well, that's that was uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Didn't he finish up in Buffalo? Yeah. Yes, it is Emmanuel Sanders yeah. who I was looking for. Yeah. The other so. got Jeff got a tough one. The other one, um, well, you guys ended up with four of them, so I'm going to let you off the hook because the rest are really tough. You've got uh, Shamarco oh. Thomas. No, he ended up in Buffalo. Yep, University of Syracuse. Yep. Yeah. Shamarco. Chris Scott, who's a lineman. He was drafted, yeah. I think, on the for that 2010 team, if I'm not mistaken. And the other one, Cresden Butler. That wouldn't have gotten that. Back. Wouldn't have gotten that. Wait, weren't they been. both? I mean, holy cow. Wasn't Scott, Butler, and Sanders all in the same draft? No. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that 2010 draft had about 12 guys. But I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have Brown. known that those other two guys played in Buffalo. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. So and Urbic was on the uh, on Urbic and Summers were in the 2009 draft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. There you go. That's my stuff. And you got Tyler Medikevich from the 2016 draft. Dirty red. <laughs> there you go. All right, Dave, your turn. Go ahead. Okay. Here, here we go. The uh, this is some numbers I was looking into. Um, when it when it came to the Steelers, now that the season is over, and I was just curious how they how they, it's funny because I, I tweeted this out, and then like a few hours later, Dale Lolly tweeted out like he saw my tweet and copied my numbers. But now I, I don't. So I, I just thought it was interesting. But what I was looking at was how did the Steelers do this year when they faced other teams that qualified for the postseason. How did, how did they do? How did the Steelers finish? Well, the Steelers actually played. They, they tied for their most games ever um, for how many times they played a team that made the playoff this year. And the Steelers went five and three. So they had a winning record. They had a 62.5% winning percentage. What is the only season the Pittsburgh Steelers 
defeated every team that they played that made the that made the playoffs that year. They've only done it one time in their franchise history, going all the way back to 1933. Have the Steelers won every game in a season where they played a team that made the playoffs that year? 2008. I'm going to go with 2004. 2008, the Steelers played seven playoff teams. They were three and four that year. Yikes. Against teams that made the playoffs. But in 2004, the Steelers played three teams that qualified for the playoffs, and they beat them all. That is the correct answer. So I also took it a step further and said, well, what about if a team that you know had a good season but didn't quite make the playoffs? What, if, what about a team that had a winning record? Oh Would that goodness. kind of change things? If you want to argue this, the Steelers may have played them their most difficult schedule ever this year because they played more games this year against teams that finished with a winning record than they ever have any other time in the franchise history. They played 13 games against teams that finished above 500, and they went 8-5. and five. The, the most ever they've had beyond that was 12. And that, hold on, I got to look that up real quick. I got to check. And that was in, any idea what, what season that might have been when they played 12 games against teams that played the, that made the playoffs? You're probably going to get it. I'll tell you, it's 1996. They played 12 games. And in that, they went seven and five uh, that season. But there's also one other, one other season where the Pittsburgh Steelers went perfect, 100% winning percentage against teams that had a winning record. It's happened one time in franchise history, and it wasn't 2004. Do you know where that would have been? Let Jeff if guess I first, because I think Brian might know it. I don't know. Okay, go you ahead. You can go ahead and guess. I'm going to go 1978. The team was 14-2. and two. 1978. Well, with 19, let me let me bring it up here. In 1978, that team played nine games against teams that that had a winning record. Uh, they went seven and two. Oh, so this is when you got to think about it. Where would there be a season where the team, where the Steelers, beat every team that had a winning record, but they didn't beat every team that went to the playoffs? You've got to think it through. When would the Steelers have played a team that made it to the playoffs but did not have a winning record? 1982. That would be 1982. Why is that, Brian? Strike. They only played nine games that year. It was a strike. And what else did they do with the playoffs that year? They, uh, the playoff, there was expanded playoff. It was, there was uh, 16 teams in the playoffs out of 28. Yep. They took, they took eight teams to the playoffs. Yeah, it was a so, tournament. It was it was fun. Yeah, I I kind of I've got to go back and study that a little bit more because that I I missed that year um, because I I've, I've said before this that the NFL was never had a number a number seven seed beat a number two seed, but I'd have to go back and and check out the exact seedings in 1983 because that's the only um, oh, sorry 1982 it was. It was during, it was in 1983, but it was 1982 season, um, with with some of these because you had some major upsets. I know uh, one of the major. I, 
Pittsburgh and San Diego were four and five. I will tell you that. And I yep. think the Jets might have been a number seven seed that beat the number two Cincinnati that beat Cincinnati. I think it was seven mm-hmm. and two in that game. The Jets but I, did I'm not beat sure. Cincinnati. I'm not sure what the tiebreakers are because um, uh, the Dolphins were seven and two. Um, no, I, I'm that was a seven yeah. seed versus a two, I believe. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm saying they were they were they had the same record as the Bengals. I'm not. I have. I can't go back and actually see what the seeds were right now. So that's the Dolphins were at. the number one seed in that game. But it was it was that, pretty that pretty interesting to see that this year's Steelers team they played a lot of teams. Now, granted, you could say well more teams made it to the playoffs because of the expanded playoffs. But when you look at the winning record. And that would also help to have a winning record that you don't finish 500 because there's not a number of games. But for the Steelers to go or to have a winning record or to have more than a 60% record against teams that made the uh, that had a winning record was pretty impressive. So uh, it's interesting. The last time the Steelers actually had a winning record against teams that made the play or that, that had a winning record at the end of the season was in 2020, but they had a lot of those pretty early to, to even have to go back before that. You'd have to go back to 2017. So, you know, pretty, pretty, yeah, you can talk about the bad losses, but the Steelers do have some good wins on their resume for the 2023 season. Hey Dave, I looked that up and the, uh, the seven versus two game was actually New England at my at Miami, and, and Miami won that one. That game. Yes, now that was a few weeks after the famous John Smith snowplow game, uh, and that's one of the reasons they were the, they were the seeds this way because um, that was also about two weeks after your brother Rich's first ever game watching a Pittsburgh Steelers game against New England, which happened uh, right after Christmas. But mm-hmm. the uh, week before that, that snowplow game happened. The Jets in Cincinnati were a 6-3 and three seeded team. It was 44-17. and 17. And the Raiders were the number one seed, 27-10 um, to over Cleveland. Yes. So there's never been a 7-B to 2 or an 8-B to 1. No. Because that's because the only the year eight- he ever played a 1. <laughs> Yeah, the the eight and ones were uh, both uh, Cleveland losing to uh, the Raiders and Detroit losing to the uh, def- the uh, champion Redskins. Yeah, and, but bottom line is, Steelers can make can make history just like they did back in two thousand five when they were the first six seed to win the Super Bowl. You're like they could be the first seven seed to win the Super Bowl. They could be better than that. They could be the first seven seed to win a game in the playoff. So let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Indeed. All right. uh, Let's do some final thoughts. Brian, go ahead. Man, I love it. You know, the air smells so much better. Food tastes better when the Steelers are in the playoffs. Everything. You know, your kids are less annoying. My wife is less annoying when the Steelers are in the playoffs. It just feels so good. I'm so glad we're here. I'm so glad we're still talking about it. Um, the, The only thing about it is then reality hits you in the face. And we're going to find out for real how Mike Tomlin motivates this team. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has this team completely motivated going into this game. And motivation goes a long way. Now, you have to uh, you have to get it right on the sidelines and on the field as well. But if you can get up on 
Buffalo early. You're going to have a lot better chance than if you get behind them. And the Steelers have shown me the last couple of weeks that they can get up early. Did I pick against the Steelers? Yes, because I'm going to pick against the Steelers a whole heck of a lot because of my, not because of pessimism, because of my superstition. And you're hearing that a lot lately. But I really feel excited about this game. I'm glad it's not in prime time for a lot of reasons. But I think a nice, good old-fashioned 1 p.m. game will do them well. And I think the last time they played a wild card game at 1 p.m. was a game that Dave was at in freezing cold weather. And it was against the Miami Dolphins. And they went crazy. So here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I cannot wait. Good job, Dave Schofield. Final thoughts. Yeah, I think that's the last time they won a 1 p.m. game. I think uh, against Jacksonville might have been 1 p.m. in 2017. Um, that's I was that's that what I too. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's what you that's meant. What I, I, was at, I was at that game, too. So um, bottom line is, is we get to watch another Steelers game. I'm just I'm so I'm so grateful for everyone that I can get now. So let's watch another one. You know what? Maybe we even get a chance to watch another one. That's what I'm I'm really hoping. But I, I kind of tip my hand at this a little bit on. I think it was on Stat Geek, I, I was saying. And that is I what I want out of this game is I don't at, at four o'clock on Sunday, I don't want to be sitting on my couch watching this game. I want to be pacing in front of and behind my couch during this game because I'm wanting to say, can the Steelers pull it off? The Steelers, can they hold this lead? Oh, my goodness, they have the ball. Can they score and do whatever they do? But I want to see it be something where I'm like, come on, hold on. Because I'm sorry. Even if the Steelers come out and somehow you know, run the ball like crazy and even have a big lead, I'm still going to be up and nervous when it gets towards the end of it because that's just the way I am. So I don't want to be relaxed on Sunday to enjoy this game. I want to enjoy it nervously because the Pittsburgh Steelers are going out there and giving us a, the kind of performance that we've seen the last three weeks and come out and, do, and just do that again because if you can do that again, you're going to be in a close game. And when the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a close game, Something about them just been able to pull them off. So let's just get out there and get it done. Go Steelers. For me, it's simple. Keep the faith. Just keep the faith. That's just believe that the team can do it. Don't look at the Buffalo Bills as some daunting team. You can go all throughout the Steelers history and have them in games where they statistically and on paper shouldn't have won. And yet they find a way to win. And also, happy birthday to my oldest daughter. She turned 13 Yay. today. I have two teenagers in the house. That makes me sick to my stomach. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't trust us. a couple months away from that. I yeah, know. why'd you remind me? Uh, I don't know. I'm there. Hope. I'm there. Let's it's not, it's not fun. <laughs> but it's fun. Dude, I, I still have three that are not. So, let's yeah. keep that in mind. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Let's, uh, let's hope we have another one of these actually preview a game. In the meantime, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. We'll see you next week, no matter what. See you. Everybody else gets a little tight. <laughs>